Welcome to the Making Laps Podcast. Oh, that's right. You have the colon cleanse. Yeah, Jesse's on the uh, the colon cleanse diet. <laughs> well, pitter patter. Let's get at her. All right. So I think I should start this thing since we're all here now. Okay. All right. <laughs> oh boy, I can't wait to see the YouTube on Jesse's account. All right. So. Oh, Lord. Hello. This is going to hurt. <laughs> it's going to be painfully fun. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Making Labs Podcast. I am your host, Brent Gleason. Joining me remotely is everyone else. Uh, Jesse is at home right now. He is currently doing what? Why don't you fill everybody in, Jess, on what you're doing? Uh, unfortunately, I, I have a, a bad turn of events. Um, uh, I have to have a colonoscopy tomorrow. And that's going to include the Roto Rooter cocktail that I've been drinking and slugging down for the last hour. And when that kicks in, probably during this podcast, it's going to be run for my life, bathroom like you've never been before. And I've had this once already, and it's the most terrible experience. I'm hungry, I'm tired, you can't eat, you have to have a clear liquid diet and everything. I'm supposed to be doing this at 50 and I've already had, this is my second before 40 because of, well, symptoms and bad family history. Well, thanks to Pantlo, grandpa. So, uh, so it's going to be a podcast full of, well, I would say lack of dignity. Yes. For those of you, uh, who are just listening to this, you won't get the full effect unless you hear sounds. But for those of you on YouTube, you're going to be going along for the ride. Uh, hang on, I think I might have a sound for it. Some I don't know yet. Rectal turbulence. Yeah, that's really that's pretty much what's going on here. Uh, so yeah, and uh, unless you guys get the toilet, unless you guys get the turtle and the bidet, and the fan for the bidet, because I like a nice fluffy, you know, dry. Poo-hoo, yeah, you know, the wife just snuck ironed, up on me. Clean, bleached, <laughs> everything. Producer snuck up on me while I wasn't looking. But any, holy Christ! I didn't think I'd. I thought I was supposed to lock the door. But anyway, uh, on the other line, We're going to having a much less eventful night, hopefully, is our Florida connection, Phil Jakes. Phil, how are you? I think I had that a little bit loud there, but that's okay. Just a little loud. Nah, it's not so bad though. How's that? It actually played through the board this time. I think you actually got to hear it. Yeah, I actually could hear it this time. Amazing. It'll go away next week. It won't work. Right. It, 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 yeah. Anyway, so this week was supposed to be essentially us, well, up in the north here, at least for me, I should say, uh, returning to being behind the wheel for the first time. And Mother Nature had other plans, obviously. Uh, so they, Thompson Speedway staff and, uh, the people who run the show, uh, who lease the track decided a couple days in advance to cancel the practice on March 28th. And well, that, it, it was a very smart move. Obviously they saw it coming and the weather reports were actually, uh, spot on because Sunday it rained literally all day. It came up from. It must have come up from Bristol because at Bristol it rained all day Friday, Saturday, whatever, Sunday. It didn't just rain at Bristol; it monsoon. Yeah, we must have got. We must have got like a uh, a little percentage of whatever they got. But I mean, it stinks. Yeah, it douched on them. Yeah, it stinks. Yeah. But like, I mean, weather is weather. I think uh, Paula Root's Twitter handle says, "Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, sometimes it rains." So. It's that's just it is what it is. So I was hoping to get away with taking like no time off work to go to the icebreaker and do practice and all that. But oh, well, now I got to take a day off. Poor pity me. Uh, Anyway, car uh, might as well walk into. (laughs) Yes, Jesse's making the crying emoji there. Uh, We I mean, we could have been ready, 
But as soon as they called it off, I basically stopped working on the car. I said, nah, I'm not going to start, you know, rolling it on scales two weeks in advance. I can take my time here. I don't have to thrash on it. But, it, you know, it's, it is, again, Jesse hates the, the expression, it is what it is, but it is. So, <laughs> yeah. I hate that expression. Yeah, it's not a very, it's not a very good expression. It's probably really rather unintelligent, but. Um, it's not, it's just. It's cliche. That's all I. That's why I hate Are it. Are you calling but, you know, Bill Belichick? A... No. <laughs> a what? I'm trying not to. Uneducated. Ch- no. Yeah. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever's. <laughs> Fuck him. He don't listen to a podcast. That's sorry. Said. Damn it. <laughs> Mark that. Five minutes thirty. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, yeah. So again, I just put. Pa- I pressed pause on the race car and. I think Jesse and I went to Harbor Freight today so I could get a few more tools and maybe st- uh, run the list down a little bit more and maybe do a couple more uh, items that actually make a little bit more sense for like longevity purposes or better maintenance. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna safety wire a few things and I'm gonna put a new um, winch in the trailer just in case because mine is old. And it's very small. It's like an ATV winch. It's like a 3,500-pound winch, and somebody lost the remote for it. So you basically have to jump it. That's not good. Who lost the remote? Uh, whoever used the trailer when they got lost, so it was Moose. <laughs> I'm just going to blame him because they went missing when he used it, and I never saw him again. So who knows where – that, that sounds about right. Who knows where it went? I don't know if I hung it up in the, in the pegboard and it just fell off and got lost in the shuffle. I don't know. But they're gone, so I got a different one, and I got two remotes with it, one hardwired and one remote that I can use. So we'll put that in. We'll do a bunch of more maintenance things and, you know, just keep trucking along until we get there. But as much as it stinks to uh, lose a practice day, I don't know. I was hoping to get it done a couple weeks in advance so that we wouldn't, if we had a major issue, we would have time to rebound. But now if we have a major issue on Friday, there's no time to rebound, so... Um, what about you guys? I know Jesse's story, but we might as well go to Phil first. So have you been working on your car? You got anything lined up or any races ready for, uh, the upcoming weeks or months or whatever? So I got the car is mostly together. I put the springs and the shocks in, uh, this evening while I was watching the cup race. Um, really don't have any other updates beyond what I said last week. I mean, almost ready to start figuring out how much lead I need to add to it since we took a whole bunch of weight off the car and unsprung weight and rotating weight. Uh, but pretty close, pretty close. Going to be racing April 24th uh, at Citrus County Speedway with the Wheelman Series. Okay. So, uh, I and again, I just kind of buried the lead with this one. But, yeah, we have uh, a lot of good news coming out of Jesse's stuff. Oh, he disappeared. He's back. But <laughs> he, uh, we, the car doesn't look any different. Jesse's car doesn't. It's still on jack stands. It doesn't, you know, the body's off of it. There's no nose. There's no tail. There's no right side. But we made major progress with the drive line, except for the drive shaft. It yeah. runs. Yep. It runs. It exists. It's a fire-breathing monster, and. It's got the best two-barrel carburetor in the in the entire Northeast, maybe even the country, and it eats. It wants to eat. It runs, and it runs solid. It sounds. I pretty, can't wait uh, to just. Yeah, it sounds. I can't wait to pull it out of the garage. You can me never mind going <laughs> on the racetrack. It sounds pretty snotty. I'll be honest with you. Uh, it definitely runs like it's been sitting for over a year. You know how you have an old engine and then you uh, don't run it for a long time and then you uh, get it running again and it kind of sounds iffy until it warms up and gets the oil circulating through it? Well, basically That's... what it is is that it's a hibernating bear and it hasn't fed yet, so it's going to come out of the cave a little growly. Yeah. I mean, I built this engine la- Yeah, I built this engine last year to the rule book, basically. Um, <laughs> you know, max compression, max lift cam. I don't know. I, I I don't know if the heads are are going to be the the money heads or not, but at least it was what I had. Uh, and when I first built it, it had sat for 15 years. I think the rotating assembly had, and we 
Like it was hard. I was having a hard time putting the distributor in because I couldn't find top dead center unless I measured it, and I didn't know if that was compression or exhaust stroke. So I was like, okay, well, I would stick my finger over the uh, spark plug hole and t- turn it over by hand, and I wouldn't feel anything because the rings were so stuck and gummed up with crap over 15 years of sitting that they had like no compression. So I had to like oil down the cylinders on first fire up and. Once I got it fired up and running and got oil f- pumping through the system, then uh, we broke the cam in, and that worked pretty well. I found one little leak, and uh, since then, it basically sat for a year with fresh oil in it. And then we got it going again yesterday, and it sounded a little bit clattery, but then, you know, once the oil pressure came up and it came up to temp, it sounded fine. I think we just got to do a couple little tune-up things to get it running right. But uh, other than that, I think it's going to be pretty good. Now it's actually feeling like it's got compression. We're actually going to take and probably seafoam the thing and, you know, dump the oil out of it just to free everything up and clean all the gunk out of it and just regular maintenance crap. You know, maybe go through the valve train again. I don't know. Just stuff like that. But, you know, we're working on it. And uh, hopefully we'll have that car out for the... August, let me look at my Enlaro photo calendar here. I said August, didn't I? It's April. Uh, April. April. Yeah, April 16th and 17th is the uh, New Hampshire Motor Speedway race. I forget what exactly it's called because, uh, I don't know, I had, pre- I had prepared to do it last year and then COVID hit, so we're going to throw Jesse out there. Hopefully I have enough radios to go sit up on top of those grandstands and not burn out all the, you know, 15-year-old batteries in them. So anyway. Um, 15-year-old what? No, no, not that. Hard oh, no. sorry. Got me excited. Give your balls anyway. a tug, you Ted fucker. Uh, so anybody have you any? have to bleep out a drop. <laughs> well, I just pulled up one board. Because I don't know how to do soundboards, so I'm like, uh, Letter Kenny sounds good, so if anybody knows that that show, I'll just do that. <laughs> that's Adam Gator. That's the only person I know that will, uh, watches Letter Kenny that's in racing. I do as well, but I can't because I have children. I, I wish I could because <laughs> it's a really good show. I haven't seen it since I was with my last girlfriend. Well, I have Hulu. love that show. I have Hulu, so I'll give you the login. <clears throat> no, I won't give you the login in case anybody's listening on, from Hulu. I do like Letter Kenny. It is pretty dope. Yes. Okay, so uh, is there anything else going on locally? Um, I don't know of any extra, like, schedule additions or anything. I No tracks around us have been posted anything new coming up. I haven't seen anything, unless I'm really bad at paying attention, which I normally am. So uh, let's see. Unless there's, you want to talk about the Turkey Derby, but which no one saw. Oh, God, yeah. I mean... I didn't even know the Turkey Derby was happening... I thought that happened last was, week. I thought it, I thought it did too. There was absolutely zero uh, advertising for it that I saw. I follow Wall Stadium on Facebook. I follow a ton of drivers, and never saw anybody post anything. Well, if you look at the Instagram account for for the podcast, I posted a photo from Wall Stadium from last week. It was the yeah, car that got last week. Yeah, it was the car that got flipped over. I thought they raced the I thought they raced it last week. Like you know what's funny is that is that uh, blogger boy on race ACT posted a, a daily question asking if anybody even knew that the race was going on, which is kind of which is kind of exactly what we're talking about right now. Yeah, I, I mean I have no clue. That's for yeah. that caliber of an event in the Northeast, especially for that racetrack, people all around know about the Turkey Derby. Everybody in the Northeast knows about the Turkey Derby. Just because it didn't happen in Thanksgiving or that Thanksgiving time last year doesn't make it any more or less, you know, an important event. Like, why wasn't this covered even a little bit by anybody? It's just very strange. The, the thing that stood out to me that told me they did a Terrible fucking job. Of well, it's funny. That race. Oh, are you guys frozen? I'm. Yeah, yeah you, um, I think we're frozen for you. No, the, yeah. the, the thing that told me that they did no advertising for this race was the fact that they only got, I think, 13 tour mods. Yeah, if they don't know about it, then what the fuck are they going to do? They should have just sent them home. Yeah. I don't know why. That's, they... Yeah, that's too bad. That's pretty sad. Um, 
it, it's kind of funny. There's a uh, there was a te- they were doing an online television. It was like an online stream of the uh, of the event through some dirt track. Uh, My bad. Yeah, the dirt track uh, video streaming service was was uh, streaming the event. It was like uh, yeah, I can't remember. It was like Dirt Track Digest or something or something of that nature. So I'm just wondering if they thought that they were gonna if Wall Stadium was gonna have you know Wall Stadium think it's that the TV people were gonna promote the event or something, and maybe TV people thought that hey, the uh, track is gonna promote the event. I, I don't know. It just you know what seems like either assuming. A, no communication or nothing. Yeah. 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 It makes you a see you next Tuesday. I don't know if it's that. Does anybody know if the Kraus family still runs that place? I think they do. Uh, Some degree, I think. Yeah. Last I knew, I have no idea. That I don't know of any changes, so I'm kind of in the dark on that. I, I Again, I don't know any reason why they would change, and if they did change, then why didn't they put a word out? But then again, that would kind of coincide with what's the problem is here. So, yeah, if yeah. you're if you're relying on somebody else to promote your your track, and you're still not doing it on your own, or you're not getting any outside you know uh, notice from uh, from anybody else like media outlets, then you should probably put some word out yourself. Be like, hey, by the way, we are still racing. You know, put put press releases out, put them out to uh, print media or whatever social media you can. I mean, come on, you got to do something. Most of this stuff is free, except for your time. Yeah, the the last thing I knew, Wall wasn't even opening this year. Yeah, so. that's not great to know. It's like we kind of need to know if we're gonna show up there, and if you don't even know if they're running or not, then what the hell are you doing? I, I guess there's developers that are after that property too, so. I don't think that track's going to unfortunately be around very much longer. Well, the thing is, is that I think there's a loophole or something where uh, it's part of some kind of uh, flight path. It's at the end of a runway out of at an airport, so it's kind of like grandfathered end. Yeah, and you can't really across the street. You can't really put it there because of regulations. You can't I'd- really put anything in there. I'd heard it's something along the lines of like what Waterford is like that racetrack can be a racetrack, but the property can't really be anything else because of its grandfather clause for the zoning like wall stadium. Yeah. Because of the way the town is zoned. Yeah. Yeah. Like like wall stadium can be sold, but you can't bulldoze it and do anything else with the property. Like Waterford could be sold as well, but you're not putting a Lowe's warehouse or an Amazon warehouse there. It can only ever be a racetrack because of the wetlands and whatever other uh, grandfathered in zoning regulations that they have. And I think that's the same thing with Wall with that uh, airline flight path, et cetera, whatever's going on there. So, yeah. Yeah, the runway almost goes, the flight path goes almost right over the track. Hmm. I was wondering if there's any new regulations, and that's why Whip City got taken down, or if that was just greed. I think that was just greed and fucking stupidity. Probably. I wouldn't put it past them. There's still people that are pissed off about that to this day, just like Riverside. They probably still have their damn car in the garage, because where the hell are you going to sell it? Up north? Uh, I don't know. Does anybody run micro sprints? Like Fonda or any of those tracks? Good I, question. I know that there's dirt tracks up north, like in Vermont, New Hampshire, but like I think Devil Bowl, Devil's Bowl. I don't know any of them. That's the problem. Yeah, I should know them, but I don't know what they run. I don't know what their sanctioning bodies are, and I don't know what kind of cars run there. So yeah, I'm learning the dirt. Thing yeah, you're talking Bear there. Ridge, Vermont. Oh, is there one too? So, Phil, you're going to dirt tracks, you say? Yeah, was, I never went to a dirt track up there. So when I moved down here, hanging out with Patrick Thomas, he's got a dirt car. So basically, whenever he runs, I'm at the track with him. That's really the first experiences in dirt I've ever had. So uh, other than watching it on TV. I saw him, race- when I saw him racing the street stock, the, the street stock nationals or whatever for dirt. Yeah, I yeah, saw him on he, trying to make it into B-Made. It was like a couple weeks ago or something. He, yeah, he, something happened. I love my buddy Patrick, but he earned the nickname Pinball that night. Yeah, he was oh, He yeah. was easily, easily going to make the show in his heat race. And 
I don't know what the hell happened. I think he lost a tire or right front or something. So he was fifth fastest of over 130-something cars that showed up that weekend in practice and got up to second with, like, two laps to go in the heat race and drove it into the backstretch wall and just fucked himself. Yeah, he meleeed the right front and it went down, right? Yeah, and then in the the uh I guess it was the last chance qualifier. Yeah, there's a B main he was in. Yeah, it was he had B to start main. way in the back. He was running like third in the B main and got into it and uh destroyed a upper control arm and a spindle. And then in the the final the consolation race at the end of the night, he did the same thing again, just drove it into the wall. Just Rough night. Did he break a tie rod or a ball joint? Yeah, he broke a tie rod when he bounced it off the wall that last time. Yeah, that's what I thought. So he bent the ball joint pretty good. It was almost ninety degrees. It was kind of funny to see. <laughs> Never seen anything like that in my life, but definitely buy how ball joints because they apparently bend and they don't break. That's a glowing endorsement for how, I guess. Uh, I've seen Moog ball joints do that or break. It's kind of a toss up. <laughs> <laughs> I had one break going into turn one at Stafford. That was fun. Upper or lower? Uh, it was lower. Under caution or under green? Under caution, thankfully. <laughs> but I was running third. Into this day, it pisses me off because I had the fastest car at the track. It's always when it breaks. It's always yeah. when it breaks is when it's the fastest thing on four wheels. Running third, started 23rd, had eight laps to go still in a 15-lap race. So, speaking of this... uh what's the most frustrated you guys have ever been at the racetrack? Because the Bristol dirt race had this much hype for how long since they announced it essentially. And then they, they have no problems with weather, no problems with anything. They get to the race weekend and rain washes everything out Saturday, washes everything out Sunday. They have to come back and race on Monday with no qualifying. I hate to be a Debbie Downer and shit on NASCAR about this, but I think Bristol in March is still one of the worst fucking ideas you could have. Hmm. Five out of the last eight races at Bristol in the spring have been delayed or postponed or something because of rain. Well, everybody says, oh, why do we go to Florida in July or whatever? And it's like, well, why do you go to Bristol in March? Yeah. Why do you yeah? Why do you start a, a race season in the new Northeast the first week of April? Hmm. Yeah, it's gonna always races, always rains. Yeah, well, that's not bad. Riverside used to start, I believe, the second week of March. Yikes! Yeah, you're you're almost yeah. fighting snow at that point. Talk about cold. I mean, yeah. right on the Connecticut River there too. I mean, you yeah. might as well you might as well take the month of April in the Northeast, especially New England. And just throw it away because it it rains almost every freaking day. And if it's not, then it's, you're lucky because Jesus. I mean, we had what one practice schedule that already got rained out. That worked. <laughs> one for one. Yep, we're one for one. We're doing real good here. That seems to be a regular thing. It's either rain or snow for the practice. It gets canceled or pushed back. Which I don't know why they didn't postpone it to this coming weekend. Yeah, I. I'm, it's obviously something to do with the track itself. They probably have uh, events starting, and they're probably doing road course crap, and they're probably oh, that's not. That's right. They're wine and cheese club. They got to cater to them. Right. Bougie bitches. Right. Mm-hmm. So they probably said, "Oh well, we already had this put aside for you, so we're just gonna say, well, we're not changing the track now. It takes too much time. So sorry about your luck. Come back. Uh, come back in April." But, Except it's been proven multiple times when we've had rain delays racing there that they can change the track over in less than 12 hours. Yeah. It takes a couple bucket loaders or forks or whatever. You can do it in a couple hours. Just, it, you're, moving, you're moving like 25 or 30 jersey barriers. I think that's pretty much all you're doing. Or at least cement blocks. Yeah, I don't and know. I got the loader on site, so. Yeah, I mean. Whatever. It's not like you got to rent one. I don't know one. all the details, so I won't complain too much, but. I just Whatever. Think it's cheap. As long as we get to race, I guess we can't do say we can't do or say much about it. But we don't get to race a lot. Let's be fair. So I, I guess the precursor to to us uh, going in against or going in on uh, NASCAR and their bad luck this weekend. Like I said, what's the most? Uh, I just wanted to kind of 
put a little teaser question out there. What was the most frustrated you've ever been at the racetrack? And I'm sure that this is kind of a difficult question to uh, pose after uh, 20 plus years of experience <laughs> racing. Anybody? Frustrated? What do you mean frustrated? Like, like just, you know, take at, everything. At the racetrack? Like, stuff might take all night. You break apart, you fix it, you break apart again, you have to fix it again. And then in the feature, you're doing great. And then something else breaks or something. Just something that's really, like, annoying. You know, just something oh, that's frustrating. I, got one. The hell I out mean, of you. I mean, in 20, in, I think in 2012 or, or something like that, I had a DNF because, well, guess what? I run a lot of stock parts, which is, which, as you know, is a real pain in the balls, you know? And sure enough, I, I, I had to shift from first to second to get up in there. And guess what? To get up to run the pace lap. And it gets stuck in between gears. And I had, and basically, I felt like it cost me the race, you know, because I was running good. I didn't even get a chance to race because I couldn't get it out. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it, 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 it cost me a championship, too. Yeah. Uh, let me give people an idea of, of how low budget Jesse is and has been for the last 20 plus years. Uh, we were swapping out a motor yesterday. Well, engine and transmission because it's just easier to do everything at once. And it took uh, six hours to get it in, I think. Yeah, about six hours. Uh, my car, I could swap motors in one hour by myself. <laughs> But with Jesse's car, he still has a stock alternator mount, a stock power steering mount, and pump, <laughs> and V-belts still. Like, he's ultra old school. And uh, Oh, and my, uh, my water pump pulley is out of a 1953 Studebaker. Right. It does fit. It, it fits. And it's, light, it's lightweight, and it fits. Yeah. It's a weird part. Like if he breaks it, we gotta find another ultra one. rare. Don't ever look yeah. at his power steering pump with the engine running. That thing warped. Or my water pump pulley. Those things they're both warped. They wobble. But they're warped. <laughs> they wobble like in succession. They're synchronized. Oh, okay. So it yeah, it wobbles. But I I actually I I've never ever thrown a thrown a power steering belt because of that wobble. It wobbles like a Conestoga wagon wheel on a bumpy road. Like, this thing well, just... It's really bad. It's it, cartoon bad. It's, it's literally cartoon a, wobble. It's, yeah, it's literally cartoon -ish. Yeah, it's so bad. Um, Am I going to change it? I don't no. know. Maybe. <laughs> no. <laughs> and Not now. So, Phil, what, was, what have you got for most frustrating weekend you've had at a racetrack? I would honestly, the Stafford one hurt, but I think Speed Weeks this year, knowing we had a pretty damn good car in practice and then started the feature on Friday on the pin, drove away from the field by about eight cars, and then the hub failed where the rotor mounts. And we didn't know that failed because it's not something you're typically going to look at and sit there and play with the hub and see if it's broken. We just thought the stagger didn't take off like it was supposed to, and the stagger, it, it didn't grow. So the car was really, really tight, and I was just fighting that the whole race. Come to find out, we found in in the final practice on Saturday, once Patrick got in the car, because I kept telling him, something's wrong, something's wrong. And he got in, couldn't go any faster. He's like, we need to take this thing apart and look at it, and then we found it. And three-part trucks at the track no hubs <laughs> over 300 trailers at the track no hubs couldn't find a damn thing so had to start and park which that was the most miserable thing i've ever done so i'm i've been racking my brain about what mine could have been and i think it has to be uh i think it's got to go to icebreaker either 2008 or oh, no. 2013. It's almost a tie. No, Jesse, this doesn't involve you. This is icebreaker. I'm just glad you didn't say World Series 2016. No, that was <laughs> that was all racing. Uh, no, icebreaker. 
I'll just give them both. Icebreaker 2008 was my first full-time year in the mini stocks. I had, no, Icebreaker 09 was the first full-time year. Uh, so I'm thinking Icebreaker 09. I got the car late in 08, uh, and I rebuilt it and put it out there for 09. Uh, during, I think, practice, we had, I came back in from practice, and I shut the motor off, and it sounded like a rod knock, like brand new motor. Uh, we started it up, shut it off again, sounded like a rod knock. So we, Oh, I think it threw a rod. Eh? Yeah. So I basically loaded the car up. We didn't qualify at all. And, uh, we brought the car home and I'm like, okay, we're going to, we're going to pull it out and at least look at it and see what's wrong. Turns out the flywheel bolts weren't tight. So we pulled the motor out, put the flywheel bolts back in with Loctite and made sure everything was tight and torqued down. Put the whole motor back in the car Saturday night, got up on early on Sunday, hauled the car all the way up to the racetrack, started last, went green, and the carburetor caught something in it and basically shut down. And I I made like two laps and sat on pit road and finished 30th. So for all that work, I didn't even qualify and I didn't even finish. And then another mini stock story. This is why I hate them. Icebreaker 2013, my last race in a mini stock. And it's my last race for a reason, because this luck never changed. I went out for, I think, the heat race, and I had something break on the car. I think the rotor button in the distributor, because in these Fords, you got the rotor button where it, it sits. It's got the central shaft on the middle of the rotor button, and then it's got a little plastic pin in the back that seats into the um metal uh the metal rotor inside the distributor it's got like four tangs on it if you know forge you know what i'm talking about but this rotor button is weird well it broke the back pin off so the rotor was just spinning around aimlessly so the engine shut off so okay you know finished dead last in my heat or whatever had to get pushed in got it fixed go out for the feature and I don't even make it to the green. I come to one to go, and the 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 roll pin in the distributor gear shears off, and the engine shuts off again. I pulled it. It does it right as I'm coming through three and four towards one to go. I pull it onto pit road. Don't even make the feature. I sold the car like a month later. I was all done with it. I'm like, we lost a rotor and a distributor <laughs> roll pin for the distributor gear. That was the most... Okay, so yeah, too many stock stories, but they equal about as much frustration as I could possibly muster in a weekend. I mean, you show up two days and expect to race both days and end up not racing both days. You basically participated in a rolling car show. So there's my two. Car now? It, hey, Brent. New Hampshire. It was for sale, but uh, I decided I did not want it for obvious reasons. Hey, you know what? It is what it is. It is. So, Jesse, update. How is your stomach? Oh, it's... it's burbling. I heard some bubbles a second ago. <laughs> oh, it's... <laughs> See, we're all in this journey together, okay? Okay. Jesse gets the Trooper of the Year award because last year I thought I was hot shit because I shouldn't say hot shit. Um, <laughs> for obvious Edit reasons. that out. Edit that out. Uh, <laughs> Don't talk about pooping. <laughs> last year I thought I was, you know, hot stuff because I uh, recorded <sighs> while on vacation with my cell phone and it came out like crap. <laughs> but no, Don't Je- say crap. Oh, I shouldn't say crap. Uh, you did it again. Don't say crap. Don't say I'm crap. burbling. I kind of really have to pee. So Jesse is on. Uh, Jesse's on poop watch because he's uh, got a colonoscopy tomorrow, and he's drinking literally laxatives as we do the podcast. So, and I had this done last May, and I'll tell you what, that's a. It's not fun. Oh. The procedure itself, you're asleep for. That's great. You get a nap. But this is the worst part, where you literally live on the toilet, and you have no idea that you could get this much stuff out of your body. 
Well, I'm just hoping we could fire this podcast out before I could fire one out. That's for sure. Uh, no, we're gonna Oof, we're gonna keep not. going here. <laughs> no, purposely prolong this. Yeah, I, like. Oh my god. I think. Yeah, like I said, we are in it for the interactive experience. So when Jesse has to go, he's not shutting off. He's going, and we're going to go with him. So if you're watching this on YouTube, be prepared. It's going to be fun. So I hope that his uh, microphone is good because I want I want the whole experience of the rectal turbulence. <laughs> Wait, some real rectal turbulence. Yeah, there it is. I used that one already, but Jesse's got it going on right now. So, all right, so. I am going to anger everybody in the group. Because, guess what? <laughs> guess what you could rely on this weekend? There was no racing Saturday. No NASCAR racing. There was no NASCAR racing Sunday. But what there was, was Formula One. <laughs> uh, Jesse's died. Hard no. Yeah, so he's not interested. Uh, <laughs> Bump the brakes. Uh, he, yeah, I think he, he is dead. Oh. Anyway, um, they ran their first race of the season. It was the Bahrain Grand Prix. Uh, let's not forget, last year this was the track where Roman Grosjean uh, had that horrific, fiery crash. That Can you was... hear this, Brian? No. Nope. <laughs> Nope, still nothing. All right, well, we gave him a chance. That's real kicking. Uh, so anyway, um, <laughs> back to Formula One talk. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> nope. Max Verstappen had the pole. Uh, teammate Sergio Perez had power issues on the formation lap. He managed to get power back, but the thing had rolled to a stop already. Jesse has died again of boredom. No, he's back. Uh, anyway... Uh, <laughs> so that means uh, Perez had to start from the pit lane. Uh, but on the third turn of the first first lap, uh, Nikita Mazepan, who's a rookie, crashed out hard, which gave him the safety car that he needed to catch up. Uh, what's that? Nikita who? Mazepan? I don't know. He's, an, he's a rookie. He's a erectile dysfunction pill. I, <laughs> it could very well be. I mean... It's a doc with a boner drag weeds. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't know anything there. about that stuff <laughs> we can't see your facial expression so we couldn't tell uh, anyway um, no. Nikita Lorazepam Lorazepam? Nikita Mazepam now that's, a, now that's how you party that's how you <laughs> freaking party well he made it to the turn three so I mean, <laughs> he must have been on him um but late in the race, Sebastian Vettel ran into the back of Esteban Ocon and then tried to say that Ocon changed lanes, which he obviously didn't. So it's like, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I love this because I know what I'm talking about, but everyone else is like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> oh, I didn't follow F1 this offseason. I kind of regret it, but at the same time, I don't want to watch Follow the Leader Remote Control. It was, it was really actually a good race. Um, the race came down to... Uh, Oh, they Max, had three cars pass each other. No, they were right next to each other. Max Verstappen and uh, Lewis Hamilton were battling it out for the last like five laps. They were all over each other. Verstappen made a pass for the lead, but he left the track doing it uh, in a bad place, so it actually gained him an advantage. And he had to give the spot back or suffer a penalty, which kind of sucks. But I mean, he was pretty uh, pretty far off. So um, it came down to the last lap. Uh, it, they were within half a second uh, coming across the last turn. So they were really close. Uh, Lewis Hamilton won. Uh, Verstappen picked up second. Uh, I think Hamilton's actually the only knighted driver in the field, and he broke uh, Michael Schumacher's record for most laps led in a career in this race. So that was pretty interesting trivia. Uh, I don't know where they're racing next. So um, I'd ask if you guys want to talk about the driver lineup, but Jesse has already died. I don't even know if he's still on here. Uh, cause I can't see. There he is. Okay, he's still here. He hasn't left. <laughs> There's something to his right that is concerning him. I think somebody is blocking the pathway to the bathroom, and he's in mild panic. That's not the bathroom. That's the side of the house. I don't know what he's looking at. So, 
I'm looking at, <laughs> I'm looking at my, my, my screen. Uh, what screen is that? Oh, there you go. Okay, that worked. <laughs> that was really loud. <laughs> I, uh, I was going to say, well, how long is it going to take Jesse to figure out how to put the soundboard on his phone while he's on Zoom? I guess it didn't take very long. Nope. Okay, so we might as well wander into Bristol Dirt Racing. Now, what were your guys' initial reactions before they even hit the track? Like, what were you expecting and what were you kind of uh, predicting would happen before they even went green for practice? The floor is yours, whoever. For me, I say, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Phil. No, go ahead, Jess. No, you go. No, you go ahead. <laughs> no, you go. Somebody go for God's <laughs> okay, sake. Okay, if you insist. If you insist. Anyway, uh, for me, I think it was. I was excited when I saw what tire they were, what tire they were introducing. Because if you noticed in the uh, when you when we were watching the truck races at Eldora, they didn't really get slideways all that often because hi. the rail tire was a little hard. And um, hi, buddy. And uh, <laughs> and it, it's a little bit less feel or whatever, um, but uh, the bias the bias play is what made them really hanging out there. So it was really cool to see the trucks and uh, the cup cars really slide and hang around there and just hang its tail out in the breeze and everything. And it was it was pretty neat to see. Uh, you figured it it would be you know end up being like a, a dry slick and everything was going to be a little bit you know, difficult and whatnot, but uh, it was kind of cool. And it was also very unexpected. Lots of unexpected things happened. Yeah, they announced earlier, or right before they raced, because I thought that this was going to be a gigantic failure, to be fair. Uh, Oh, to be honest, I shared this with Phil. I forgot to share it with Jesse because I was running a little late. But we did get an email. Uh, It sounds like my cat is... uh, destroying something in the back and my wife's going crazy but anyway we got an email from a listener uh rich wisniski i think i spelled his name right or pronounced his name right was at least pronounced his name right it means we have a fan rich wisniski i'm sorry i read it really fast i didn't sound it out because i didn't go to school for the last 20 years (laughs) anyway he says hey thought you guys might find this interesting i'm watching the race today and Mike Joy just said that the track had to remove the safer barriers because it wasn't compatible with the dirt, which is true. They did. Um, I think you guys are talking about Eldora a while back and that NASCAR wouldn't let the cup cars race there because they had no safer barrier. Maybe it was just a rumor going around. Anyways, this race sucks so far. Just started listening to the podcast a few months ago. Very entertaining. Keep up the great work. Good luck at the icebreaker, Rich. Thank you, Rich. Appreciate it. Um... Yeah, I do find it kind of interesting that they didn't have the safer barriers. I understand why, because obviously I think if they started packing dirt inside of a safer barrier, it kind of defeats the purpose of a safer barrier because there's no air gap there to cushion blows. Um, well, imagine trying to get that dirt out from behind the safer barrier afterwards. Yeah, that would be a you. You'd be taking it off well, anyway. Yeah, you'd be taking it off anyway. And plus, if you you know get heavy equipment up there and you run into a safer barrier, you just gouge the piss out of it anyway. So. You might as well just line the track with bubble wrap and say that's enough. They're not going hard. They're not even going fast enough to necessitate safer barrier. (laughs) Jesus. They'd have been taking those safer barriers out with a plasma torch. So this raises the question, why didn't they race at a different track? And why did they go to all this effort to make Bristol a dirt track when the one reason that a lot of people were saying why they were going to go there was the safer barrier, and they ended up not using any of them. I have a great reason. Go ahead. Facilities. Facilities? Like uh, ownership? Eldora is a nice track, and it's well done. Tony Stewart has really brought that place into the 21st century. And, I mean, it wasn't bad to begin with. But I think NASCAR was afraid if this flopped, and they had put a new track on the schedule and signed a contract that they'd be stuck in this contract and it would just be a massive failure and they were losing money the next year. Plus, 
they probably don't have the seating capacity or they definitely don't have the seating capacity. Today's attendance was low, but kind of to be expected for a Monday. Uh, but they well, definitely don't have the seating capacity. They don't have the vendor capacity. They don't have the parking. Uh, there's just so many different factors. Plus, Eldora is kind of just out in the middle of nowhere. It doesn't have to necessarily be Eldora either. No, but the, I mean, name a track that's got the facilities that Bristol does. Springfield Mile. Is that even still around? <laughs> no, I have no freaking idea. I just threw a track <laughs> out there. <laughs> but I mean, Bristol's already on the schedule, so they don't have to move anything around and make any crazy changes. They should have put the dirt at uh, New Hampshire. <laughs> Bury that place in dirt. No. That track fucking sucks. <laughs> Bury it. <laughs> I don't know. No, I agree with I agree with Phil. The facilities within the infield mostly. I don't think they really cared about the grandstands because I think it was you had a you had a COVID regulation and all that other garbage. But I think I think Phil's right in its facilities. Yeah. Inside to run it. When they when they probably started planning this dirt race, it was probably before last year even. We just didn't know about it yet. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot more to it than what we really kind of think about. Like you said, facilities, like getting haulers in there, getting teams in there, getting garage space, getting people to oh. work, you know, area to work and people and fans and bathrooms Watching and vendors. Watching the haulers and... enter that track was comedy. Yeah. I mean, the way they ran the race, and we can get into it later, but they, they've learned, I think they learned, they, there's a lot that they have to learn by doing. I think that's what I was trying to say. So I know that you can't plan for everything at once. I know people were complaining about windshields and complaining about vehicle weight and complaining about uh, all sorts of other things. And um, again, this is all kind of a seat of the pants thing. And people could say, well, you know, dirt racing has been around forever. Why don't they take any cues from those guys? And it's like, well, it's a little bit of uh, apples and oranges here because cup cars aren't dirt cars. And you yeah, well there's also a lot of things like number one, the windshield. You can't just pull the windshield out because then you need to give the drivers tear offs, which is simple, but at the same time you also have all the electronics in the car. Uh you get mud on them, mud has water obviously. It's gonna short something out. They're not built for that. So they couldn't just make a drastic change like that last minute. Can I say hi? Um there's definitely a lot to learn. Maybe in the future, they will, like you were saying the other day, put the metal bars, get rid of the windshield, or or figure out something that'll help. <laughs> yeah, um, and you know what a big issue was that I thought about? If you pull the windshield out and it's muddy, and all that mud goes in the car, you could end up with like 50 pounds of mud inside the car. What? And where the hell is that going to go? Well, NASCAR you know the- and ARCA races have been racing on dirt for... Up for like up to like the very recent history, they're still doing. And they've it. always they've always had windshields. Yep. Yeah. And it's never been a real problem. That's true. And, and the cup the cup cars didn't really have a problem with that today. I think the issue with the trucks that we saw for the two laps that we got to see heat racing Saturday morning or afternoon, uh, those windshields are stood up pretty damn straight. Yeah, I'm sure so. that they're, you know. I'm sure there's something they could take away. I was I was thinking to myself, why don't they run windshield wipers? And it's like, well, then you're just gonna smear it, stupid. Yeah, that's not. <laughs> that's not I a- just read an I just read an article uh, from back in January. It said that uh, NASCAR uh, from Tony Stewart uh, talking about the Eldora truck race and whatnot, and NASCAR and things like that. He says, uh, uh, "quote I know there have been a lot of misconceptions that NASCAR took us off the truck series schedule." That's not. That's now how this. Not how this happened. He said, "And hey, take us off the schedule. We just didn't renew our contract, and we have our reasons for it." Yeah, he threw and a temper tantrum in typical Tony Stewart fashion. Yeah, we got some big things going on or something. Blah 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 blah. So I, I don't know. What yeah, was the no, temper tantrum about? I guess he caught wind that NASCAR was taking the Cup Series to Bristol instead of Eldora, so he just threw a tantrum and tore up the papers for the truck race right there. The contract. Hmm. And that that was reported by multiple media sources on Twitter, so got some legs to it. I don't know. That sounds 100 percent true, but it sounds, sounds very like plausible. That's 
That sounds like him. Yeah. Yeah. The, the other thing, too, that I wanted to touch on is a lot of people were talking about how heavy the cup cars are. They don't realize the cup cars are actually lighter than the trucks. Yeah, I forget how much the yeah. cup cars weigh. Are they 3,200? I think they're 33, and the trucks are 34. It's not a big deal. It's a, but, yeah. And the trucks roll over more. They got more top weight to them. I think moving forward, obviously, they announced that they're coming back next year for dirt in the spring again. Uh, but I think moving forward, a harder compound, keep the bias fly tire, get the cars up off the ground a little more, and find a way to give them some more travel in the right rear. Spencer Gallagher came up with a couple of good and interesting points. He said, take the damn lead off the car, make them lighter. I like that yeah, idea. It won't beat up the track. It won't beat the track up anywhere yeah. near as much. Um, I think that if you allowed these guys to play with the interior tin work where you couldn't pack mud inside, where you put a flat panel on the right side to the window and then you know waterproof all the electrics and stuff and hide that and put the uh, ducting for the grill down instead of straight out the front like a dirt car and uh you know again put some more travel to it put it to put a bunch of uh rock bars in the front and the grill screen across it or a uh, windshield screen and run some tear-offs and hope for the best you know it's uh, there's a lot that can be improved upon especially the length of the race i think the race is just too long we have real serious rubber and dust issues the tires held up pretty well i was pretty surprised but then they did kind of uh they did a good job with management for tires like 50 lap segments and uh i mean i didn't really even have a problem with the pit stops like no live pit stops dirt road dirt was all over pit road you would have guys falling over it would have been a dangerous situation so i think that was the right idea so well, I, that's all stuff we can use moving forward. The the electronics thing could be interesting too because leave the interior the way it currently is, and then just build an aluminum box that goes over the entire interior, from the dashboard to the rear deck, and just leave the driver where he is, kind of like a real dirt car, but hide all the electronics under that with a trap door. So if they need to access it, they can open it, work on it, but it's protected from water mud whatever yeah put a hinge and a pin on it and just put some yeah. uh weather stripping around the bottom and just close the thing down yep and then you could just put dust like factory style vibration and you know rubber dust connectors you know like a like a regular street car you know just the to keep the dust and dirt out of your fittings and i think the new car will will help this a lot with the composite bodies on them but these sheet metal bodies as soon as you make any kind of contact you got a flat tire yeah, I hate that. It, that killed so many people's days today. Yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah, it typically takes you right out. You make it's been it's been the norm for the last few years. You touch somebody in the side and you accidentally get their exhaust pipe, you're done. You hit their fender well, you're done. It's like you and can't then the do that. Cars bash it off the freaking wall, and they just keep going, and the guy goes and wins the race. Yeah, they don't give a damn. They could ride it around the wall all the way around until it wears the body off. It just those. Those flange fit bodies that the uh, the Xfinity cars have, if that's the same style of body that the Cup Series does go to, I think it's going to make a big difference in how aggressive everybody is on short tracks, road courses, and tracks like this. So we might as well get into it. I mean, they tried. They I got to give them at least a little bit of credit. They did try to qualify on Saturday, but the amount of mud on those trucks was absolutely comical. I don't think there's any way they could have seen that coming, especially after using the uh, Super Dirt Late models to test, and those cars seemingly having no problem. But they took they didn't take into account that those are purpose-built for a reason. They've been honed and tuned for decades upon decades to survive this type of racing. And they're lightweight, and they, they don't abuse the track anywhere near as much as these trucks. And then the trucks go out, and it's like a goddamn cartoon. <laughs> they just get covered in mud. But, do you know uh, how much the dirt supers weigh? I do not actually. I think they're like twenty three, twenty four hundred pounds. That's that was going to be my guess. So, yeah, so that the sounds cup about cars right. And the trucks are a thousand pounds heavier. Yeah, they look like featherweights. Compared with to those about trucks, the, with more horsepower. Yeah, which yeah, is just going to be I digging it up like a cars, shovel. Yeah. Yeah, I, I bet those cup cars. I don't um, know. They probably got about six, seven hundred pounds of lead on them, at least. I know my car has five hundred pounds on it. 
Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's a ton. That's a ton. So a yeah, there's there's a lot that they can learn from this. But yeah, they rained out. Uh, so they. So went, I thought it was fun. Uh, they went to Sunday. Uh, they were going to try on Sunday, and they were going to put the truck race after the Cup race, and that rained out too. So they rained everything out the weekend. They come back today on Monday, and they run the truck race ahead of the the Cup race. So everybody running the truck race from the Cup series did get their experience in, and the I think the track crew really needed that race to really kind of tune what they were going to do for prep for the cup race. Um, I think it worked out pretty well. Um, the non-dirt track guy, Martin Truex Jr., dominated the Bristol truck race on dirt. I think he led like three quarters of the race or even more than that. Oh, my God. He just, killed, that. Yeah. just killed him. Uh, I think it's like <clears throat> it's kind of funny because you could kind of see the guys that drive to the top, it wasn't you didn't have to be on dirt. But it, it, I think it, what they really have to do is, if are, are they a hands driver or are they a, a right rear tire type kind of driver? Like a seat of the pants driver versus a hands driver. Yeah. And I think Martin, it looked like he's a seat of the pants kind of driver, and I think that helped him more. Very good driver, absolutely, but seat of the pants helped him. Yeah, yeah I agree. Uh, and some of the, you know, I also think that uh, – with some of these guys, ignorance might be bliss because, um, oh, we should also mention we should also mention that John Hunter Nemechek got dumped by Matt Crafton and wrecked, and they both had some extraordinarily choice words for each other. Uh, but Crafton barely finished top twenty. Um, I didn't hear what Crafton said. Oh, he said something about throat punching somebody, and uh, John Hunter said something about uh, kiss the pinkest part of his ass or something like that. I forget which All one. Right. What the hell he said? So. At least yeah, he's something. creative with it. Oh, I, I don't yeah. know. I think he was trying not to swear on the airwaves or something, trying not to get on the uh, whatever that, that show is. Radioactive? Yeah, that Yeah, one. radioactive, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, again, speaking it. speaking of uh, ignorance is bliss, um, I'll just say Joey Logano won the Bristol Cup dirt race. Uh, Martin Truex dominated that one as well, uh, pretty much. But the story really is um, Daniel Suarez and that track house team. He was in the top three most of the second oh. half of the race. He was he was lead, he was leading some of it. Again, I think in this instance of dirt or this type of dirt racing, I should say, ignorance truly is bliss because they they didn't run dirt, so they don't have the opportunity to make. Um, they have. They don't have to fight against instinct. I guess is the way to say it. They uh, had no preconceived notion. Yes. Of how it should be. Whereas think, the dirt guys, they had their preconceived notions, and sometimes they got them in trouble. You know, those like, are uh, those jump are the, exactly. the cushion there, like with Christopher Bell, and uh, a few other things. Yeah, those are the, other guys too. Those are the exact words I think I said to Phil. I think I said no preconceived notions. Um, but yeah, you're right. Um, the, what's funny is you look at the race and uh, all the top picks to win, like Larson and Bell and such, non-factors because they wrecked. You know, I mean, this is this is all just racing stuff happens. They were factors until they wrecked, and and it was a driver error on Bell's part. Yeah, I mean he he, ven- he ventured into the slick stuff a little early and uh, just turned around on him, and that took out the two top contenders. I mean. Guy Larson started in the back, and he was in the top five, like not even by the end of the first stage. Like he was on his way. Uh, we need to give a shout out to local boy Ryan Priest because he was inside the top ten most of the day, and I believe he yeah. had to make an early pit stop for some issue. He might have been overheating, and they had to clean it, or something happened. But he had to pit like four laps before one of those uh, cautions, and. Uh, it was like right before they had to come and take tires. So he lost a ton of track position doing that. He came back up through the field, got back within the top 12, I want to say. And then yep. he got punted and finished like 19th or eight. No, 18th. I'm sorry. He passed somebody on the last lap. Um, but he, he did very, he, again, one of these instances where he did better than where he finished. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, and that seems to be the story of his career too. He's, can't put the finishes together for whatever reason. Just gets caught up in someone else's shit all the time. 
I mean, look Stop at what... Stop saying shit. <laughs> nope. Just bag of hot shit over here. Um, <laughs> oh, no. Is Jesse on the way? Because we're about, no. to, we're about to end this thing, Jess. <laughs> oh, no. We lost him. <laughs> Man down. Well, we still got him on audio, so that's what okay. Happened? Anyway, um... Yeah, again, big credit to Daniel Suarez. Um, he was the surprise of the race, and I was very pleased with his efforts. Uh, the track house, the track house team is actually proving to come very well. Uh, speaking of Jesse, he's now joining us from the bathroom. <laughs> his video cut out until he got in there, which is solid. <laughs> poop, poop number one commencing. Just want to get an update. Okay, I thought uh, we were morale gonna... is still high among the troops, and I hope that I make nice, clear poops. Okay, so I'm just hoping that Jesse has his um, stuff queued for the muted. end. <laughs> no, oh. oh, this isn't going to end well. Uh, anyway, so I don't have anything else from uh, <laughs> YouTube viewers. I apologize ahead of time. It shouldn't be that difficult. You get sucking down laxatives all day. It should just fall out. It should just, run. just it should just run away. I mean, just just pretend you had McDonald's five hours ago. Or something. The first one is always the hardest. <laughs> the rest of them are just water. The first yeah, cut is the deepest over here. What? <laughs> you have to get rid of the plug first before the dam breaks. So this is the quality programming that you all listen for. I'm <sighs> glad that we could deliver. Uh, anyway, oh, just, oh. any anybody That's has a solid one. Any, it's not running at all. Anybody, oh, I'm glad you can't smell this. Jesus. Turn the fan on. Okay, so I figured we'd be about two or three deep in Curse. this thing. I'm glad you kind of... Currency uh, flush. I'm here. I'm just glad you made it all the way through before we had to go. I figured we'd be two or three deep in this thing, but uh, that's my own personal experience from having to do this, and I did it a different way. So, Anybody have any final thoughts from uh, Me. the uh, dirt race at Bristol? I know they're going to be coming back next year for the spring race. Uh, don't the, doesn't the trucks have um, uh, Knoxville. Knoxville to run at? I believe they're going to run at Knoxville this year, yes. So that'll be fun. I'm looking and forward dur- to that. During the truck race, uh, Stuart Friesen's team, Palma Racing or whatever it is, they announced that Jessica is going to race that race. Yeah. That's cool. That'll be excellent. Yeah. She didn't get a chance. It wasn't fair. No, she yeah, she kind of got screwed. I don't know yeah. why they can't just add a couple extra cars to the field, but whatever. They could have run a B main for how many trucks were there? Forty three for forty spots. Forty four, I think. Forty four. Yeah. So take the last three that would be in on time, and then the remainder. Put them all in a fifteen lap last chance right before the feature, and let them go and take three. That's fair. Or you know what? What would have made more sense to me? I mean, I I would have liked to see a B main, but then you got torn up trucks. That's true. Line them up based on qualifying speeds. If you didn't make it, sorry about your bad luck. Hmm. That's what I was thinking. The only slow trucks were like Norm Benning, which love Norm, loved what he did at Eldora that year to get into the race, but he's kind of a field filler. And I'm sorry, but you're not going to make every race when it comes down to it. If it was a regular Saturday night short short track and they had to run Concies, he wouldn't make the race. Yep. So. I Let agree. The guys that are there with speed race. It's on a better show for the fans. Yep. So, any other final thoughts? Length of the race, anything? I think it was a little too long, but they could they could play with it. Mind the length, um, but I would have liked to see them at a hundred laps and at two hundred laps till the track and water it down and then pack it. Take a half hour break. You know, yeah. half hour is not going to lose all of your crowd. And the people that are going to know, they're going to be like, oh, okay, I got a bathroom break. I can go make something to eat. I can, you know, go walk the dog, whatever. Yeah. The, you can, the dust was definitely the big sense. Yeah. The dust issue was the bad. dust was it, definitely the biggest issue. I was texting with a couple people that were at the race and they said from track level, and from the grandstands, it really wasn't as bad as what TV made it look like. Yeah. Well, TV's up but, higher, and they can catch more yeah. of it. So, they a lot also of... said it was 
still pretty bad. Like they were they were having to put on their COVID mask when they don't typically wear a COVID mask. Yeah, I mean, I would anyway if it was that bad, like that dusty. I know the drivers are complaining about the dust, but this was obviously a big enough problem that NASCAR will take a look at it and see what they can do to remediate it in the future. So it's yeah. not really for us to really dis, you know, discuss too much. So anyway, I think that's it for me. Anybody have any final thoughts? Me. Jesse, how's it going in there? Still going? This, this is not too bad. Okay. Not too bad. The Rounds two, three, four. Once you get up to four, it's going to be real bad. Okay, because I was I was wondering how many we were going to make it through before you got there. So. Yeah, me too. I was I almost made it. I figured you'd make but, it uh, like three or four times, but one is not bad. Acti- ooh, activating activating posterior water yeah. cleansing. Oh, perfect. At least you got one of those things, so you don't have to like deal with the ash shredder. Okay, so you can find this podcast on every major podcast platform. You can find it on Instagram at Making Labs Podcast, Facebook.com slash Making Labs Podcast. Uh, if you need a little helping hand with that, you can go to GleasonBrosRacing.com. You can find us on YouTube at YouTube.com slash SidsView. Uh, you can find us on, oh, you can email us at uh, Making Labs Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can still leave us a voicemail. Yeah, if you want, you can go to. Uh, uh, what is it called again? Anchor.fm slash making laps and leave us a voicemail, but nobody does that anyway, so <laughs> who cares? Come on, I want some good voicemails. Yeah, let's just send some voicemails. I mean, I'm me. not trying to bite it off on anybody. We've had this feature for a year and a half, and I've never taken advantage of it, so you might as well just throw it out there. Like, uh, you know, if you got one, you can do it. So you can find me at uh, BrentGleason01 on Instagram and Twitter. You can find Phil at, well, you got a good mic. Screw it, do it yourself. <laughs> You can find me at uh, at P-J-A-C-Q-U-E-S Racing uh, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, you can find Jesse in the bathroom. Uh, but he sent he sent me a list of uh, stuff for... That was, in case, that was in case I died. Oh, okay. That was in case you died. Okay, so uh, would you like uh, to read I'm yours dead. or do I have to read yours? Oh, no, you don't have to read mine at all. That was just in case you wanted to talk more about Formula One and I died. Well, I don't want to do that but now because find of me. where you are. So, <laughs> yeah, you could find me on the can, or next, you know, getting a, getting a nice rotor rooter. I'm just I'm just preparing for Phil's tripod when I visit him next. Fair enough. Um, so, Rod- <laughs> Raji, how do we end this show? Thank you for listening. You had to lean over me for that one. But thank you all for listening. I appreciate it. it was-